Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Outkick 360 rolls on. Glad you're with us across the network. If you're listening on this great radio partner, we appreciate you for doing that. And if you're watching this live streaming currently at outkick.com and beyond YouTube, hope you'll uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel just by searching out Outkick 360. Jeff Fisher is in for Chad today, our special guest co-host. Uh, you having a good time with us? I am. Hi, Chad. Yeah, Chad's in Nebraska. Is he? Snowed okay. in. He's there. Snowed what do you in. think he's saying? Um, I wish he, I, he's saying I wish I was in Nashville okay. today. He he won't be critical of what we've done this far. No, and no, probably thumbs up from him. probably in alliance with everything that we said uh, so far. Yeah. Okay. Wait, we still have two hours left. Yeah. Well, let's get and Chris going. Long's going to join us, so yeah. who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, he'll have nothing to do with that. Yeah, that's coming up in twenty minutes. Looking forward to that. Clay Travis will be with us in about an hour and a half from now. Uh, always great to catch up with uh, the Prez of Outkick, uh, Clay Travis. That'll be coming up. Um, we've got the underperforming coaches in just a moment, plus Coach of the Year candidates as we sit here today. I know there's two games left and still a lot to be determined. Uh, before we get to that, Nathaniel Hackett is out in Denver. First-year coach, first-time co head coach, out 16 games in. And he kind of we knew he was going to be out midway through the season, if not week one, with how things were going. It just He was not ready to be a head coach, and I'm curious where you come down on the job he did in Denver versus what was expected of him in year one with Russell Wilson. Well, let me say this. Um, there, I think there's more, there's an underlying story here. Um, and it was, I mean, it's well documented, I guess. I mean, I, I, I heard about it, but I just didn't think it would, it was true. And it's Aaron Rodgers deal. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Nathaniel Hackett is a good football coach. Um, I had, I personally spent time with him in an interview environment and really, really liked him. Uh, also uh, was fortunate a few years ago I did a game Jets at Jacksonville and, and get, got to do the production stuff and, and talk to him about what they had going on and so so he leaves there um, and then he goes up to Green Bay and he's now he's Aaron Rodgers offensive coordinator um, and then he leaves there and he come he leaves as Aaron Rodgers offensive coordinator and he comes to Denver as their head coach thinking that Aaron Rodgers is going to come with them is what I've been told. Yeah. And, and that was the rumor too, okay. is that he was going, that Rodgers was going to be out in green Bay. Devonte Adams was in right. flux. And then he wanted to be the highest paid player quarterback per year. They gave him that, but I don't think many people thought that would happen yeah. in green Bay. Too many moving targets for that to be successful. Number one, especially when you, if that's what you're banking on, and he does, he decides not to go. Okay, now you got to do what? Oh, within 24 hours. Oh, within an hour and a half. Gave everything away, um, and now you're sitting here with a head coach that was thinking he was going to be coaching Aaron Rodgers, and that's basically a, hey, have a good spring. You know, we got their job would require. 
their job requirements would be would consist of just getting the rest of the offense on, uh, you know, on the mm-hmm. same page. And the two of them would do that together and they'd freaking roll. And so that didn't happen. Um, you have a you have an interim head coach out there, from what I understand, and I've just been told this, that was hired after week four. He was not hired. I, I was told that he was hired after right. Nathaniel expressed the fact that he needed help managing the games at the end. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we can go on and on and on here. I mean, it starts there. Uh, this is a this is a Russell Wilson issue. This is a, a new ownership issue. This is a GM issue. Uh, and and I'm not being critical. I'm not blaming anybody. But you have a lot of moving new moving parts. Okay, uh, and so it'll be a real fun um, end of season and early off season to watch for the Broncos to see what they do and how they go about doing this because um, they um, they have have some work to do um i think i think russell wilson um still has it i think if he gets together with somebody that he has worked with prior in the past and i'm not going to throw that name out there but i think if you can put these two guys together and and russell looks a little heavy to me um he just looks that way to me you know i'm just watching it like everybody else is but if that's the case then that's where the you got just a lot of things that can be fixed i mean he needs to lose some if if he is a little heavy and he because russell is an extend your extend the plate kind of guy i mean i chris long i you know i'll bring this up now but i knew he was going to bring it up i faked the punt in st louis inside right about the ball was on our 20 yard line I faked it, and it was right about the two-minute warning. We were up by three or something to fake the punt because I was not going to give the ball back to Russell Wilson because we weren't going to stop him. You could not stop him. That Russell Wilson didn't play in the NFL this year. And, and, but there's no reason why that Russell Wilson can't come back. And so I think there's, I mean, I think, you know, as I said, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but it'd be interesting to see what happens. They've even, from what I'm told, they even fired a couple assistant coaches. Yeah, they did. You know? And, because, you know, one of, I, th- I thought they were for sure would have kept Mike Munchak on as the offensive line coach. They didn't. They over the offseason. Yes, because uh, Hackett brought his own guy in, and I think Munch would have stayed. Oh, well, I'm going to speak for Munch. Okay. Um, Munch um, is not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. And I couldn't imagine somebody not wanting Munch to stay, period. So Munch didn't stay because Munch didn't want to stay, is what I I would look at it that way. But I haven't talked to Munch. But that's how Munch, I mean, so, yeah, um, you went from somebody like that to somebody that doesn't probably doesn't have as much experience. Yes. Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, you also know George Payton, the general manager, well, or well enough because you interviewed in L.A. Right, whenever that's, he was. Yeah, that's correct. When um, when I took the Ram job, um, we um, they had released the head coach and the GM, and so I was hired first, and then um, we actually went through the the interview process with the GMs. And so it was a great process. I loved it. Um, we interviewed uh, Reggie McKenzie. Um, uh, Tommy Gamble, Steve Kine, Les Snead, and uh, George Payton was our five. And um, so 
Um, yeah, so we know him well, as a matter of fact. And you, I mean, you like him. I really like him. Yeah, yeah, as a, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's uh, outstanding. And, and now this is based on the interview and just yeah. knowing him beforehand and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, he he knows what he he knows what the he knows the drill. Okay, he also knows that the last three head coaches they've hired there have not had head coaching experience. Now they haven't all been his hires, you know, Elway and whoever else is making decisions there. But um, this one's his now, and and now you have ownership that's new. Okay, which is awesome. I mean, I, everybody's got to be so excited about and the wealthiest the, about the, by a long mile. Yeah, but they the running NFL teams different. It's not like running anything else, Walmart or anything else. And but, um, but you don't get to the point where he was, um, in in his in in that world, mm-hmm. in the business world, without having some rare qualities. And those are he'll learn really fast what it's like. And but early on, some you want to help them avoid the mis- early on mistakes when they jump in and want to, you know, and all this stuff. And then it didn't make sense, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, there's a lot going on there. But I think the Denver fans should be excited. Uh, unfortunately, this was rough, you know. And then you end up with uh, altercations on the field and just all, it just, yeah, I feel bad. Now, Nathaniel Hackett is a good football coach. Um, he's an outstanding quarterback coach. I think he's, he's still... I think he's still an emerging offensive coordinator. I think mm-hmm. he could be an offensive coordinator and one of the best in the league for a long time. Well, he was the OC in Jacksonville the last time they were in the playoffs, which was yeah. 2017. They went to the AFC Championship. Yeah, game. so he can call plays. I mean, and, and he can, you know, he can coordinate offense. And sometimes, um, you know, sometimes coordinators, uh, for whatever reason, will end up with some deficiencies on their staff with respect to other position groups, whether it was their hire or not. And, and sometimes that can be a factor. And then you add injuries and you add other things to it. Things just didn't work out. The, uh, the underperforming coaches, it's not hard to look around the league and tell the divisions that have really underperformed. Hackett's there from the AFC West, of course. Let me go on the record yeah. and say I, I'm – Technically co-hosting, right? Yeah, you're co-hosting. Okay. This isn't my segment. Oh. Underperforming coaches. Well. Um, I probably. Based on expectation. Okay. Based on expectation. Um, NFC South. I'm I, trying to figure out which one of these coaches dropped a pass or threw an interception <laughs> or missed a tackle. Well, um, well I, I saw what Bruce Arians did a year ago in Tampa. And I see what's going on now, and it leaves me confused as to how it got this bad uh, so so fast, even from week one to where we are. A lot Injuries. of dynamics. You got yeah, you got things going on. Things the quarterback still. There's plenty of youth there, but he's a year older. There's stuff going. There was a little bit of stuff going on there. If anybody can handle off the field distractions, he can. Nonetheless, you had it. The head coach leaves. Um, you know, you've got injuries on both sides of the ball, offensive line. You've got drop touchdown passes here. That no, you know, you just have all this stuff. Um, it happens. It's hard to win in the NFL, and uh, consistently, and, and and you know, year after year after year, um, unless you have a quarterback, and now you got a quarterback that 
I mean, you know, it's something's not clicking. Yeah, they're not in sync. You can and, tell Brady. And, there's still confusion on routes. You know, which I is don't. Odd. Yeah, and again, you don't know. You know, you were not there. You can't say. I mean, it appears that he and Byron are close. I could see yeah. that. I don't know Byron well, but I mean, what a likable guy. He's talking to Byron smart, left, which they yeah, will see. Yeah, a likable guy and a smart guy. So you could see where they're close. It's just not. It's just not happening now. Um, if this is a good this is a good uh, lesson to, to take forward in a, a rule of thumb. If Tom Brady, because of his offensive line, has to get rid of the ball in less than two seconds, um, or he's getting hit, then nobody else can win their uh, well, no other quarterback's going to win unless you got to run, you know, and how that goes. But, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it's just that that's what, so I don't, you know, if it, if it, if it's, you want to blame coaching, then you'd be better be sure that the coaches selected the players they're playing with and didn't develop them and they're no good, but they got hurt. And so, you know, there's reasons for that. Let's, let's go to another team. Indy. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, some everyone, issues. everyone, and uh, their their mom were they were predicting Indy to be on top of the AFC South again uh, this year. I've settled down a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks ago when that happened, okay. I was like, "This is I can't believe this." Um, With Saturday being named interim, yeah, and no disrespect to like everybody, everybody says the same thing. No disrespect to to Jeff. I mean, Jeff Jeff was a great player. A uh, great teammate, a uh, great friend of everybody that that's, has anything to do with the NFL and ESPN, and he was really good uh, what he did, and and he might become a very good head coach, but you just can't, you can't. It's hard to coach just because you played, and there's so many factors involved. And now, you credit. I mean, he's. Uh, it was it was kind of interesting listening to Troy and Joe because. Um, you know, they're talking about, well, he's going he's gonna to challenge this one. He's going to win another one. Well, that's his, ES, that's his network experience out there. <laughs> no, that's like about three NFL former head coaches being up in the box talking to him. So, namely, one in John Fox. So, yeah. you know, when you surround yourself with people that get it, and you'll make a lot of those, those, those right decisions. And so, um, and I'm not taking anything away from Jeff either, by no means. But, yeah, but the staff stayed, and the players played. And, and they are, and the guys, I mean, you watch, if you look behind and see what's going on on the bench, you've got guys that are in tuned, they're alert, they're wired, you know, they're focused. Mm -hmm. I mean, even it was good to see Kevin Mawise, you know, yeah. stand back there and, you know, David all Thornton. Famer. Some, yeah, yeah. All and so DT. DT. So, I mean, they're all, everybody's rallying around Jeff, including the players. And so, but, and that's good. I mean, and, and, that's, and that doesn't surprise me at all. I just, I was kind of, uh, you, you can put me in that group that was, well, let me just say this. Um, if Frank Reich were the head coach when they were up 33 to nothing with, I think it was like, there might have been 10.48 left in the third quarter. Do you think Frank Reich would have lost that game? I, I don't think I could find another coach to lose that game. But, it's, but I'm not blaming Jeff either it's just it's, it's the situation it's saying, the situation that was created yeah it was the situation that was created exactly and so 
anyway, I just, um, you know, at that point, I thought, I mean, Frank's guys didn't get hurt. I mean, they did get hurt. I mean, they, he, you know, he's trying to he's trying to get a quarterback going, trying to get this going. The, you know, the run game and the defense is playing okay. And I don't know. I just was I was a little shocked by that. Same. Yeah. Same. And it was Minnesota that was able to do it. Yet another win by the Vikings in a one-score uh, game. They're 11-0 and in those situations this year. Coming up, um, Chris Long about to join us. He's hopping on. All right. You coached him for – a few, couple years, you know, um, I think it was four because then he left, went to New England, won the, left us, went to New England, won the Super Bowl, then came, back, to, then came back to Philly. Yeah. And we went back to back. A lot so, to get to and yeah. some great storytelling about to happen. Uh, Chris Long, one of the best dudes around, joins us with Coach Fisher. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. From 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Jeff Fisher, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. Fish, as the guest co-host, you get to, to book some of these guests. And you and Coach Mack come through in a major way today with Chris Long, host of the Greenlight Podcast. But uh, we certainly know him for uh, his, his great work on the field and off. And one of your favorite players. He is. I don't think he came on because I'm on. I oh, think you don't? he just came. He came on because he loves to do stuff like oh, this. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he lives yeah, on and this. He's going to ask a lot of questions because <laughs> he's always. He, you know, he has more questions than any player I think I've ever coached. Just like, hey Jeff, can I uh, can I uh, leave early? Uh, after practice because I got this or can I drive, Can I stay here do, you know do I have to stay in the hotel tonight Jeff or it's like you know hey what do you think about if we like cut practice down in half you know stuff like that that's how that's how he's always asking questions <laughs> how easy was it to get what's a yes up, on that Chris what are you doing oh what's up man I did come on because of you get out of here oh, if Mac or Fish come calling I, I, I oh. it's like I'm institutionalized I'm stuck in St. Louis in 2012 that's where my head's at. If Fish tells me to do something, I just do it. That's right. How, hey, man, congrats with the success on the podcast uh, as well. Thank you. Uh, it's Appreciate a great follow it. on yeah. YouTube for sure, man. 
Yeah. Thank you. We try to have fun and, and BS a lot, which the yeah. second part definitely comes easy to us. So. <laughs> Chris Long, our guest. Um, one of my favorite all-time stories from Mac or from Fish, Chris, has been crickets for tickets. Uh, will, will you set up the story, uh, if you don't mind, um, with yeah. you and William Hayes um, and, and how this yeah. all came about and tie in? I had to remind Jeff what the tickets part was. He knows the crickets part of this prank. Well, yeah, well I mean, the tickets uh, part, there's some illegal about that, but I think we're past the statute <laughs> limitations on us talking about this. Um, but yeah, no, Fish, I, that day I think I was like, hey, Fish, can we have a little longer break? Me and there's me and another William question. Gotta go. yeah. We got to go to the, uh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta go right. to the post office. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> yeah. We're going to mess with James Laronitis today, which in Fish is the best with pranks. Like, you know, I think pranks are such an important part of, you know, team and, and kind of a culture in, in the NFL. There's so many dog days, man. It's like you got to have fun and keep people loose. Um, but me and William Hayes, who thanks to Fish, he brought this this uh, defensive end in, and I was like, damn, I got to compete with this guy. He is just – he is he is jacked out of his mind. I've seen him on tape. Like, this guy is a – he's a menace on the field. Like, and I got to compete with this guy. But it turned out we just ended up being best of friends, and we rotated in. Uh, William taught me how to rotate. Like when Fish got there, I was used to taking like 80 snaps a game and, you know, Fish and then we're like, no, we're going to do this rotation thing and the whole thing. So anyways, fast forward to me and Will being like best friends and we did everything together. And like, even when we had a break during training camp, we went and, and did whatever we were going to do over the break together. So this today, it was the middle of camp. It was one of those dog days and we were like, let's mess with James Laronitis. And James Laronitis... He is a he's a good Christian man, and by that I mean like he literally turns the other cheek. Like you could do anything to James Laronitis, and he's not going to retaliate. So he's a good safe target to prank. And he bought this brand new Audi, I think it was, and it was beautiful. Um, me and Will were too big to fit in something like an Audi, so maybe we were kind of hating on James. But we were like, we're going to stuff this truck with packing peanuts. We're going to pull it into the indoor facility, and later when we have a walkthrough, it's going to be parked in the middle all bubble wrapped full of packing peanuts, which is like prank 101 in the NFL. Like if you can get some packing peanuts, fill a guy's car up, that's pretty benign stuff. Um, but of course, when we were at the post office, me and Will were standing in the front getting ready to pay for all these packing peanuts and we heard some crickets. And we were like, do they have like a pest problem at this post office or is there something we need to talk to? What's up with the crickets? So Will's like, I got an idea, man. Are there crickets? Are there really crickets in here? I was like, I think there might be crickets in here. So we asked them and they were like, there's this guy with a bait shop and he has like crickets delivered in mass every Wednesday or whatever it was. So me and Will were like, can we talk to this guy? Like, when does he come in? And they're like, actually, he's coming to pick him up in about 20 minutes. So we camped out and we waited for the, uh, the 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 bait shop guy, he rolls up and we're like, hey man, you're the guy with the crickets. He's like, oh my God, you're Chris Long and William Hayes. I'm a huge Rams fan. I was like, funny you say that. Because uh, we, could, we could use some crickets. Um, we didn't know what, we, what the crickets were going to do, but we wanted to mix them in there with the packing peanuts. So the guy was like, listen, I'll put it this way. If you guys can get me a couple tickets to the Rams games, I can get you some crickets. And I was like, how many crickets are we talking? And he's like, a thousand crickets. I was like, no, we need like 10,000 crickets. And the guy was like, done. So he was like a poor negotiator. And we grabbed all these crickets. And we rolled back up the hill to Earth City. And we packed James's car full of crickets. And the, the thing that we didn't think about is that crickets die, right? You know, like they don't live forever. Yeah. And they don't escape the, 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 the car. So the crickets all crawled up into all the air conditioning vents and everything and died. <laughs> and when crickets die, 
they don't they smell terrible and it's not like that smells going anywhere so it turns out that james laranitis there was like step one of realizing that he had gotten messed with he rolled into the walkthrough and he's like oh this is stupid guys like whoever did this like uh it's annoying but step two was over the next couple of weeks this rotten corpse smell uh taken over his car and uh there was no getting it out and he actually had to sell his audi <laughs> <laughs> which was so bad and the worst part about it was like and me and will never intended on doing something like that but we never did anything bad on purpose uh it, the, the 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 worst part was we got caught on one of those hey fish what was it like a black and white security camera that y'all had in the uh in the indoor yeah uh james had no idea who did it in fact that night <laughs> i stuck around and helped him clean his truck out and i was like we're gonna get whoever did this the whole thing and i was like I'll, and i'll give you a ride back to the hotel yeah he climbed in my truck he sits in the passenger seat and i look behind him and and his all his suit stuff that i had pulled out of his truck yeah. earlier before we messed with it it's in your truck it was right behind him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like james just keep your eyes on the road yeah. just i know you're pissed off it's 11 o'clock and we're gonna get whoever did this to you um and you know his truck he had to sell it and then what he was gonna do to us was when we went to london of course he didn't do this because he's a good christian man but he um he was gonna ship my truck across the atlantic ocean and have it sitting there in oh. london on our practice field but he couldn't get it done in time uh and cooler heads prevailed but that was the worst man uh but we got the dbs way worse we, we now, got James with the DBs, you get the dbs no but who got the who towed all the cars and had them up on the hill about practice field? And we walked out for a walkthrough so Cortland finnegan had and okay, you brought fin, you know yeah. court who was an all-timer too yeah. like yes. thanks fish because these are these guys are legends <laughs> Uh, on and off the field but like they couldn't play you know, but they could prank their ass off <laughs> <laughs> so so court uh the linebackers have messed with court and we 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 in earth city there's our practice field and then there's like a little gully and up the hill there are these like warehouses and you know it's like a kind of an industrial complex and up on the hill there's this parking lot and we went out to walk through and all of a sudden the linebackers are starting hooting and hollering and we look up the hill and all their trucks are on it what are these car carriers uh and they think that's the end of it they're like all right who did this it's very funny court you got to get our trucks down well court if you know court like court takes things to like the extreme like me yeah. so much so that me and court had like a ceasefire like because like me and court <laughs> had a rule like not to prank each other because it would just get bad um and and court was like dudes were out in front of the facility like um court when you bringing my truck down i got family in for the game this is bs the whole thing court's like i got you your ride's coming and so they think their cars are coming and they're all standing out in front of the facility all of a sudden you hear this big big motor coming around the corner and we're like what is this and it's a city bus and he pulls this in and you hear and he's like well guys there's your ride home <laughs> and so he wasn't getting the cars off the hill um you know we also one time the dbs threw ice at the d-line and the d-line meeting room i'll make it short but we uh we we had all their cars towed before our, our trip to seattle was a two this is trip. good this is a so good i had one. so i had so i had all in like a span of two hours after they threw the ice at us on a thursday or friday we're getting on the plane i call a carpenter i call a tow truck driver I got the equipment people in on it. These guys go out to the bus. I act like I forgot something. I run back in. I grab all their keys. I throw them in a bag. The tow truck driver comes. He drives all their cars out in this field out in front of our facility. Right in front, um, across the street from the facility. 
Okay. It, there's a McDonald's. There's a field. Like, there's it's just a grass. Oh, so like field. as you pull up as a team, yeah, it's whatever. Like a big, yeah. Okay. So yeah, okay. yeah. Trust me. So, you'll you're gonna see what's see in this field. Yeah. So basically, like it's the first thing we see when we pull in, the first thing we see when we pull out. But we had two days, so I was like, I called this carpenter. <laughs> I'm like, listen, can you build some houses around these cars? <laughs> like, uh, can you build a little neighborhood out there? So we park like five, six cars out there. We, we plopped these houses down. They had no windows. They were like real plywood, like nice construction, like nothing I was going to pay too much for, but yeah. they had uh, mailboxes with their numbers on them. We put Christmas lights on them because it was like and week their, their numbers in Christmas lights. Okay. <laughs> it was, so, and we called it DBville. Yeah. So this we get amazing. back at two, two in the morning and uh, these guys have got to literally call people to get their cars chainsawed out of this bat. <laughs> it's like zero degrees out. <laughs> So like the way it was, it was you did not mess with the D line because Fish made us the most important high pay, high highest paid people in the building. Yeah, so we were like kids with uh, huge <laughs> operating budgets, and we didn't know when to say when. But thanks to Fish, we we never got in trouble for these. Never pranks. got in trouble, and they always they always would kind of subtly run it by my desk is all I, well, I just I wanted to know about it. it that's okay fish is it's a lot a, like yeah. stern howard stern you can rip on anybody you want to except for howard it's right? diplomatic like, community you know, as long as jeff know. is cool with it and you're not messing with him he's down for whatever when it fish comes to is the immune prank. yeah, the, yeah fish the, is immune the, he's also a legendary pranker oh. himself from what i hear so you don't want to mess with fish so but i you, we get out of the bus we come by these these houses with their cars in them and it's like 21 22 and it might have been uh rodney was it rodney mcleod yeah. Yeah. yeah so so janoris jenkins okay <laughs> jackrabbit yeah so i go up we get there when we come back from the game you go upstairs you get your stuff you do throw some stuff and you sit in your office and, and come back out and when i come back out jenks is standing there at the front <laughs> desk telling the guard who's asleep that <laughs> He can't find his keys, and he had, still hadn't figured out that his car was inside. Look at twenty. Look at number twenty-one I, there. I Jack did. Rabbit That's what I had there. to show. Yeah, him. yeah. yeah. Look, you got a mailbox and yeah. everything. So yeah. we had a blast, man. Those were some fun teams, and and I still talk to all those guys. William was supposed to come visit me a couple weeks ago, Coach. Funniest thing ever. He uh, lives in North Carolina in High Point. I live in Charlottesville. It's like a three, four hour drive. Uh, he found out I lived three hours away from him. We've both been retired five years. We're like best of friends. He had no, he never looked at a map, realized how close <laughs> we lived. He was like, wait, you live in Virginia? Oh, I'm coming to visit you. Then, of course, he flaked and didn't come up fish. Yeah, but he we did. almost saw each other yeah. a couple weeks ago. Coming from a guy that believes in mermaids. Yeah. yeah. And anything else and, uh, it, that you could toss no, his way. He's legendary. Pretty it's much. Awesome. Big play Pretty haze. Much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ever. Chris Long, our guest on Outkick 360, uh, JJ Watt announcing his retirement. I'm curious, uh, Chris, what what you uh, what you thought of immediately when you think back on the career of of JJ over the 12 seasons that he played. Well, I think he was. I mean, I don't know that we ever saw anybody quite like him. His very unique skill set. Um, if you look at that range of guys, and he's going to retire with around 110 sacks, and he's got 111 right now, nine and a half on the year, um, which part of it might be he just wanted to get back up on top and then retire because he has he there has been a production dip. Uh, he's had a couple really big years, and then he's been down probably below his standards. So I think probably part of this for him is at least like, hey, I wanted to prove that I can really play again and then walk away. He also has a young son that can kind of change 
things for you. Uh, he, he's also gone through a year with the Cardinals, which has been extremely stressful. I know that can probably leave a sour taste in your mouth. I thought he could have been a, a pro bowler this year. Um, the way he played and he quietly, he's going to have double digits. But if you look at him over the course of his career, 110 plus sacks, look at the guys in the 100 to 150 range uh, and and find me another guy that could go get buckets up and down the line, you know, mm-hmm. w- with the, the way he could. I mean, he, he could win inside. He could arm over you. He could go power. He could swim you, you know, arm over you. He could, t- he could take an inside gap. Um, and on the edge, I mean, he's 285 pounds, he's long, um, and he could get down and his ankle flexion was great where he would win at the top of the rush, which, you know, us rushers, you know, not all of us have that, that ability at the top of the rush. And I'd watch this big, huge guy, you know, not just with a great get off and a nice rip or good handwork, but also being able to finish at eight, seven yards. Um, his talent is so unique, and I don't know that we'll see another guy that's got the versatility and the production that he has for for quite some time. He could win up and down the line. Yeah, and, and the and the work that that he did off the field was incredible. You're certainly known yeah. for that too. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget. Then the fans won't either. Donating your entire base salary of 2017 in order to well, fund I wasn't making as much as I was oh, making as you were. in St. Louis, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, like. That was JJ. He's what he did for them with the hurricane and everything, and just the consistent work that he's done off the field through his career. Um, he's going to be one of those good guy figures that just goes down in history in our league. And um, it's just amazing to me his brother as well. I mean, prime TJ Watt might be just as good. Um, what a football family! Um, and I, I would caution. Not that I'm in any place to give JJ advice, but I did it on my podcast. I was like, hey, just take your time. You know, I know you can say this is it, but he's obviously still playing at a very high level. His contract voids after this year. Um, I'm pretty sure following the trend of a lot of players that that are newly retired, people are going to be beating down his door trying to get him to play for contender. He's never won a Super Bowl. He's one of the guys that I'd love to see get a ring in this league. And it might be over, but maybe next fall he's in, in good shape. And one of these teams comes calling. I, you just keep your keep your your mind open. I know Fish always told me you don't want to you don't want to retire in a J month. I think that's what, what you I was told just me. gonna say. In a month it starts with the letter J. <laughs> yeah. So he, and he's he, pretty he, close he, to January. He's close to J. Yeah. Like, what do you think about D months? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, Fish. I, I feel like he's still got a little gas left in the tank, but the kid thing does change things. I can remember, you know, my wife Meg and I, we waited till, you know, year basically nine i had just gotten released in in st louis and uh we had our first son waylon and uh that just changed things for me you know anybody that knows me that knows that i'm going to give everything i have on sunday and football is the most important thing to me but it definitely changes the calculus in your head whether you're trying to think about it or not like if you wait a while and you have kids late in your career and you've done everything that jj's done Sometimes you get tired and you might just say, hey, the hell with this, man. Like, I got a family at home now. So I know there's a lot of stuff going through his head, and I, hopefully the offseason gives him a little clarity, but maybe he's just done. Is it obvious if you, if you retire in Jay that you're going to regret it? Well, um, you know, January is too close to the end of the previous season, and you're He's, beat up and, yeah. you're mo- and you know, all that kind of stuff. And then that June-July thing becomes 
too close to the reality or the reality that you're going back to training camp again. Mm. You know, it's that yeah. training camp thing. And so that's kind of you know, what I learned over time was that. So, but in his case, I mean, I, nobody could describe him <laughs> as a player better than Chris. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, he's just one of those guys, you know, that over the years for me, I'll just say this, you know, when you listen to your offensive, when you're playing them, mm-hmm. And you're listening to your offensive coordinator, your play caller, repeatedly say, tell me when he's not in. Just tell me when he's not on the field. Just tell me, you know, because there's stuff that they want to do when he's not on the field that they can't do (laughs) when he's on because he's going to wreck a play. And so, you know, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he was special. And he he also was a freelancer. Like, they gave him a lot of freedom in that defense, especially in Houston, where I just felt like he could jump from gap to gap. And, you know, that does add an element of, uh, for the other guys on the D-line, you're like, God damn, like, is he going to be in his gap? Like, is it going to ruin the integrity of the defense yeah. on, in rundowns? But there's also the huge negatives that he creates. Um, and, yeah, for an offense, it's kind of terrifying because even if you do your job, he might beat you because he's just going to take the back door. Chris, what's the what's the prank that you uh, wanted to pull off but couldn't? Man, there's so many. That's a tough one. Um, man, I kind of wanted to see James Laronitis, uh, to take it a different direction, I wanted to see James Laronitis actually deliver my truck to London. That would have been oh, spectacular. I would have taken that's a great I idea. I would have taken that loss. I, yeah, I would have just, I wouldn't have had a choice. <laughs> um, honestly, was, I... I don't know. We, I, I've never, I've never been close to a prank and been able to, you know, to actually like resist. You know, I, I'm insatiable. When I have an idea in my head, I gotta it's execute going. it. So I, yeah. I don't know that I've ever had an idea that I didn't execute. But, um, yeah, but we used to prank out. people in New England too a little bit, and oh. it was not as much of a prank um, atmosphere, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, but you did it anyway. I got yeah, James. Fun. I got James. I think you were gone, but you know, it's that it's that last day of OTAs before you go away for the summer. You know, yeah. everybody's when we had the jugs machine contest and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So it's that team meeting where every coach in the NFL on that particular day gets up and says, "Stay off the four wheelers and don't do you know all the uh-huh. don'ts and stuff." Well, it was that meeting? We there when I I. I took my phone and I came down from the back to the auditorium and it was 11 o'clock meeting, I think. And I set my alarm for 1101 and I stuck it under James seat. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're gone. So then, so, so you got the visual, you were there. So yeah, I might've been 1102 because I knew it was going to be, I wasn't going to get him quite right away, you know, I was going to, cause everybody's having fun. It was the last day. Yeah, so uh-huh. 11.02, 11.01, I start talking and the phone goes off under James. And Bro, oh, he had to freak oh, out. Oh, he went, I go, really? Jay, are you freaking, oh, gee. <laughs> and the guys are, and it's, coach, it's not mine. It's not mine. And you can hear my phone just like getting kicked across the aisle all the way down. It's going <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And I said, give me the phone. And they throw the phone up to me and I turn off the alarm. And then I go, I, you know, they're all over James. And I go to James, I go, well, guys, it's not his phone. And I said, it's, "Oh my God!" I said, "He goes." So I told you, I told. I said, "It's my phone," and that's when I went into the snooze button thing. I, I no, you should have. You should have been like, "All right," because James's phone went off. We got to practice another week. Or something <laughs> oh yeah, crazy like yeah. That. No, I took it a step further. I said, "How did I turn this off?" And I said, "I hit the snooze button." 
I said, you guys are leaving town here, and, and for the next three and a half, four weeks, you're going to get up in the morning, set your alarm. You have every intention of getting the freaking workout in, get it out of the way, and da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And you hit the snooze button, and then you hit it again and again and again, and then you wake up at 10. You've missed the workout opportunity. That's true. You're going to freaking you, – now you're going to – what are you going to do? Well, I'll, just, I'll work out this afternoon, and I'll be good. So, And then the shit comes up in the afternoon. You don't work out. Sounds and you like mind that. you're going to work out twice the next day. So that was my message. It sounds like so, me in retirement, Fish, no. honestly. I, that's that's okay. the most human that's, nature thing in the world. Like That's you why know, we uh, retire, man. Yeah, so, that's why we retire. And then yeah. you hit the snooze button all yeah, day. That's right. Uh-huh. Chris yep. Long has been our guest, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ. Final thing, just tying in J.J. Watt and the opportunity he may have with a contender. Yeah. What would you be thinking right now had you not had the two titles, even one, with the Patriots and following that up in Philly? How would you feel about your career versus what it ended up being. I wouldn't feel great about it. I joke about it around here. I mean, like, and the irony is, and fish is right here and I've never BS fish, but like, you know, we never got over the hump there. Uh, we had injuries. We had some bad luck. Uh, we had some really damn good defenses and some good teams. And, you know, I, I still do look back at that as my favorite time in the NFL. You know, the time that my time in Philly was amazing for w- one reason. My time in New England was amazing for other reasons. And each experience is so unique, but you're pretty damn lucky to play football one place for eight years. And um, I know we lost a lot, especially before Fish. I mean, we, we before Fish, I didn't even really have, I was kind of questioning my love for the game. I mean, yeah, that's what one in 15 and two and 14 will do for you. Um, but fish and that group came in and breathed life and passion into, you know, me again and my outlook. So I really do look back at that time and think with that group that we assembled in the D line room, the fun we used to have, the BS and we used to do the plays we made on the field, the connections, the brotherhood, the, the doing everything together. We were also a certain age where we didn't have like big families yet, all of us, you know, so that changes as you get older in the NFL and there's more veterans, like guys do less outside the facility and that sort of thing. And we just had a special group. So I do look at that. People ask me, Philly fans will ask me, what's your favorite NFL memory? It's, it's that D line room. Um, but winning definitely, you know, getting lucky and picking new England, and then getting really lucky and picking Philly and free agency made it so I, I'm not so damn hard on myself. You know, like uh, I'm hard on myself anyways. I think that's one of the, the toughest things about retirement and about being an NFL player. The thing that made you good at what you did is you're relentlessly tough on yourself. Um, but then when you walk away, you have to you have to you have to say, hey, I did it. The, I did the best I could, you know, but that's so much easier said than done. And I don't think if I had you know, those two rings uh, or just the, you know, to get an opportunity to feel what primetime games felt like, Mm. you know, we had to, I don't know who we had to bribe to get a primetime game in St. Louis, but you know, like nobody ever watched the prime of my career. So um, it was just cool to be on a big stage and it was cool to, to feel what that felt like and playing in January and uh and winning those super bowls man like i don't know where i'd be without that i honestly 
I'd be, I'm a pretty curmudgeon guy, <laughs> even as I am, but uh, that would have been a tough pill to swallow. Even though my favorite chapter was right in the middle of my career, um, before I got hurt, you know, we were, it was fun, man. It was, we had so much fun in St. Louis, especially when Fish got there. Chris Long So JJ, excuse uh, me, I want to wrap up. Yeah. I miss you, man. <laughs> See how we, yeah, how we had so yeah, much yeah. fun together. Yeah. But, yeah, but you, JJ, JJ in all likelihood has been in numerous D-line rooms. Yeah. This is the one thing, to your point, the one thing that he is missing. So he'll take yep. with him all that, all that D-line stuff and all the thing, all the stuff that goes on there through this over the course of season, off season, and everything. But to your point, it that's the one thing he's missing. So stay tuned is what we're saying, right? Chris, it's you know he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best of all time. Like yeah. guys like me, we I can't fall back on that. So yeah. like. Maybe that's enough for a guy to be like, hey, dude, I hit it out of the park. I yeah. mean, I was defense player a year three times, you know, so maybe that ring is different for him. But for me, it just unlocked being able to walk away and say, hey, I did enough. We did enough, you know, so I hope he doesn't feel the way I felt because certainly yeah. he's done some amazing things. But, um, yeah, that ring does change a lot. Chris, thank you, man. This has right, been buddy. a blast. It flew by, yeah. and uh, really appreciate the time here with Fish co-hosting. Happy New Year! Anytime you get that guy in the chair, man, I'll I'll say yes. So I got just you. holler. I appreciate got you. it. Yeah, thanks, man. See you, buddy. Okay. There's thank Chris you, y'all. Uh, right. Check out the Greenlight Podcast as well. Stay tuned. We're coming on Outkick Three Hundred and Sixty. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Big thanks to Chris Long for joining us on Outkick 360. Uh, it was worth the extended segment to chat with him. Coming up in the third hour, Sean McVay and Baker Mayfield. Coach Fisher tells us the job and the credit they deserve for what McVay's been able to pull off with Mayfield. We will also chat with Clay Travis. That's coming up in 20 minutes. Hope you'll be with us as well. Outkick 360 rolls on into hour number three next across the Outkick Network.